a family must race against the clock to get to New York and save their daughter before a gigantic glacier destroys the entire city. We watched the 2011 sci-fi Asylum Pitcher 2012 Ice Age on this week's episode of Bottom of the Barrel. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Bottom of the Barrel. I am your host, as always, Jeff Bell, and be prepared. Now, why do I say be prepared? Well, be prepared for this spectacular movie. I am using spectacular in the thinnest way possible. Going into it, I kind of had uh, an idea of what this movie actually was uh, about, basically, because it just it seemed like a really terrible movie. And then in the first five seconds of the film starting, I was completely, completely reassured that my predictions were going to be correct and... Well, I don't know. Just be prepared because this is <laughs> this might be a little long. So let's get right into the review of 2012 colon Ice Age. The movie begins with Ohio Asylum pictures. Oh, well, yeah, this is going to be a fun film. The movie begins with the most non-creative titles ever on a movie. Also, the most unoriginal title for a movie ever. As we see random CG shots of people scaling snow-capped mountains when suddenly the Editor has a seizure, and we cut between bad CG ground crackings, snow falling to the ground, helicopters flying out of control, and a volcano exploding that's nowhere near anything cold. So never mind about that as we cut to a guy and his two kids stuck in traffic on the highway. The son is attempting constantly to get a hold of someone through the dad's CB radio as we get a few lines of backstory set up about their dysfunctional family that you won't give a crap about until they forcefully use it as a plot point later in the film. The son finally gets a hold of the person on the other end who apparently is at the bad CG snow-capped plateau from a few minutes ago and the dad starts talking to him. The daughter points out that she's going to miss her flight and that they are at the terminal now, uh, somehow transporting from the highway to the airport in a matter of 20 seconds. Not sure why she would need a plane when they can just teleport wherever they'd like at a whim's notice. The man on the snow plateau informs dad that they are evacuating their location because of a huge pressure buildup that results in shots of CG explosions. The daughter gets frustrated and gets out of the car and is now no longer at the airport. Odd. They just jump around. Back at the plateau, more identical looking CG explosions start going off, forcing the man to evacuate in his helicopter. He looks out just in time to see the ground split up and spew fire and bad explosions that's a thousand miles long. Oh, that guy's got some really good distance measuring skills. We cut back to the dad who now just realizes that the daughter is missing. Of course! It's so hilarious how bad of a father he is. I'm sure that won't play into his character arc at all. He loses connection with the helicopter man and leaves the airport for his office. Or rather a parking garage that's apparently an office building inside. Odd. As he talks to his old-time friend, he questions why they don't want his help, only to find out that giant chunks of ice are falling to the ground all over Canada and soon will be hitting the U.S. The friend suggests that they get on a plane and head to Mexico soon. So the dad leaves the parking garage office building thing and heads off to get his wife, who apparently is some kind of phone-answering type person for some nondescript senator whose office looks to be the script room at the Asylum Pictures studio. Everyone's just kind of casually sitting around, the desks are all messy. Worst senator's office ever. At this point in the film, apparently everyone but the dad has been informed about the volcanoes erupting as the senator informs the wife to relax and not worry about her daughter flying to NYU because it's nowhere near the explosions. 
the dad and son arrive at the production office slash senator headquarters and try to convince the wife that they need to go. She doesn't believe them that anything's wrong until a random intern at the office tells her that he can't get a hold of the White House. So the man that uses too much product in his hair trumps the scientist. Logic! So after some stock footage and voiceover work, we find the Navy is watching the glacier as it approaches New Finland, and when it does, it's apparently traveling at a billion miles per hour as it races towards the quaint town and ultimately levels its model buildings in a matter of seconds. Cut to the family driving in their car and the mom attempting to contact the daughter, but being unable to, saying, and I quote, She's not picking up. Don't they have Wi-Fi on planes? Yes, because you make calls over Wi-Fi. Oh, we're only like ten minutes into this. Ignoring that piece of technological awesomeness, the son is shocked by the badly composited clouds in the sky, which tells the dad that they only have a few hours because a very fast glacier is causing the clouds to move. Cut to New York, where Julia, the daughter, is waiting by a random building for her boyfriend who shows up. She tells him that all the planes are grounded and that they should go back to the dorm to fool around. The family decides to drive to New York, from Maine, to get the daughter when suddenly it starts snowing in the middle of summer because of the approaching glacier. Suddenly, military planes start racing across the sky, and as the family looks on, the mom and son's side of the car is bouncing around, however, the dad's side is perfectly stationary. Also odd. Cut to the inside of the jets as they're flying, attempting to spot the glacier, but are unable to. The base continues to tell the pilot that it's directly in front of him, even though he can't see it. Yeah, we all know where this is going. So after Captain Cliché crashes into the front of the glacier, the rest fall back and attack it with missiles in what I can only assume was an attempt to destroy it. But instead, they simply break off giant chunks that come crashing down into the snowy photograph of some random main town just a short distance away from the family in their car. I'd like to point out for a second that if the glacier was moving as fast as it was a few minutes ago and the jets just broke off chunks of the front of the glacier, I'm pretty sure that town would have been leveled to seconds after the blocks crashed down. I doubt that they'd have been able to drive away at a leisurely pace as they're shown to be doing. Oh man, I'm pointing out inconsistencies in an asylum film. We could be here all day, folks. So as the family drives through what's apparently left of their town, having somehow avoided the glacier, or drove around it. The son starts freaking out that all of his friends are dead and that they need to get online. Then the daughter calls, apparently not having gone to the dorms to fool around, and says that she saw Maine destroyed on the news. While talking, she can clearly hear the other end of the phone, but constantly acts as if she cannot before their phones actually do die. Meanwhile, after losing connection, the son complains that he didn't get a chance to talk to his older sister and sits in the back seat pouting with a look that's somewhere between confused angry, and constipated. Odd acting choice. The Navy continues their scan of the glacier, and it turns out that now the glacier has split up into multiple pieces, but is still making its way down the coast. Never mind that scene, back to the riveting family driving stuff. The father makes a comment that the clouds are so thick it makes it look like it's night out, as we see a shot of the highway that's the complete opposite of night. The dad takes his eyes off the road for literally a second and immediately crashes the car into two wrecked photoshopped vehicles on the backcountry road that they're apparently now on. Oh, and it's also nighttime now. Back in New York, the daughter and her boyfriend arrive at the dorms just as everyone is frantically running around screaming. They get to her dorm room where her roommate is trying to get a hold of people in Maine but can't. Uh, apparently this is the main section of the NYU campus. The daughter tells her that they're going to go to the basement to be safe and head off, leaving the roommate alone in the dorm who's trying to continue to call people when suddenly lightning hits the building, shattering all the windows. The roommate walks back out of the room with a giant shard of glass embedded into her forehead, or at least that's what I'm guessing it's supposed to be, though it 
Looks more like a plastic jewel glued on with some ketchup. And she dies in the hall. Now, outside the dorm, the daughter and boyfriend decide to go to the subway as that would be more safe. Safer than the basement of the building they were just in, apparently. The family crawl out of the car, find a van sitting with the keys in the ignition, and prepare to leave when the dad notices the pile of cars blocking their way out. He quickly pulls a MacGyver, and using a bag of manure, a shovel, and some diesel fuel from one of the cars, oh, and two completely full fuel tanks that apparently were lying around somewhere, he creates a giant explosion that conveniently clears the road of all debris. The son asks where he learned to do that, and his answer? Science class. Yep because we learned how to create rudimentary bombs in science. The Navy makes yet another attempt to stop the glacier by shooting it with a nuclear bomb to prevent it from destroying Boston. Oh yes, because I'm sure the fallout wouldn't cause any problem for that town. The bombs don't work. Huh, didn't realize ice could withstand the intense heat of a bomb. And ultimately the glacier continues on its path towards the city, but not before it somehow flash freezes everyone. Oh, okay. The family stops for a moment as the dad suggests picking up a family that are standing just outside the car. The wife argues that they shouldn't pick up anyone, but before they can make a decision, a giant chunk of ice crushes the family. <laughs> this family is an amazing group of people. The family then realize that they're low on gas and need to find a gas station. The son offers to find one on his laptop, but the dad says the power grid is down and it wouldn't do him any good. They decide to siphon gas out of another car and promptly find one to do so. The son says he's gonna go pee walks out of frame, and after 10 seconds, walks back in. Quickest peer ever. Back on the road, the dad asks if the son has managed to find anything on the GPS, even though he just said the power grid is down and nothing is working, but is interrupted by a lighthearted moment where the son reveals he has bags of potato chips that he was hoarding. Everyone laughs. Oh, it's so nice that we can have a moment in the face of our impending doom. The daughter and boyfriend, meanwhile, have found a tunnel that leads underground, and together they are making their way under New York in a scene that is pretty much 90% black. Back to the family, they finally approach the city, only to find a gigantic traffic jam leading into the city, not out of it. As the dad gets out to investigate, he finds that the bridge across the river has collapsed, and they must find another way around. On the way back to the vehicle, a random crazy guy shows up and threatens to kill them all if they don't let him inside the van. So instead of the family driving off and leaving the crazy man behind, they get out and let him inside. Because that makes more sense. The son realizes that the van has the radio gear in it and manages to keep up on foot with a speeding van long enough to grab the gear out of the back seat. Moments later, the van hits something and starts to get eaten by the ground. Or at least that's what it looked like to me. Amazing special effects. The ground around the rest of the family starts cracking, and they quickly rush to the other side to find a car. Back in New York, the daughter and boyfriend find their way to the Lincoln Tunnel that will take them to New Jersey, and they set off. After a quick POV of the glacier, which is a phrase I honestly thought I would never utter in my life, we go back to the family who finds their way into an abandoned house. The mom wanders off, and after a quick breakdown in a child's room, where we get another ominous POV from the closet of the kids' room. Wow, two POVs in less than five minutes. And it's not a horror movie. It's horrible, but... Just as they start to leave, the POV turns out to be a young boy whose father is trapped in the garage. The family rushes out to help the father, who's stuck under a 10-pound metal shelf that takes three people lifting to get him out under it. Weakest people ever. The man and his son offer them a ride in the truck out west, but the family refuses and continues to head to New York. Before leaving, the dad spots that the man has a plane in his garage and the man generously offers it for him to fly. 
The daughter and boyfriend make their way out of the tunnel and into New Jersey, complete with random shot of a fire truck casually driving past camera. Back to the family. The plane is outside, ready to take off, in bright daylight. Oh yeah, remember how it was dark a few minutes ago? Yeah, that's not important now. Then it starts to take off as a completely different plane than the CG model that's flying in the air a few seconds later. As they fly towards New York, they dodge a tornado. No, you didn't hear me wrong. And then suddenly come into the middle of yet another naval attempt at stopping the glacier. Yeah, pretty sure if a nuclear bomb couldn't stop this thing, anything else that they could possibly throw at it would be absolutely pointless. Back to the daughter and boyfriend, they stop for a moment only to be attacked by a man wanting the daughter's coat. He's scared away by a National Guard member with a gun who tells the daughter and boyfriend they need to come with him to shelter immediately. The daughter questions what about the glacier, to which he says a task force has been sent to intercept it. The daughter then says what can only be one of my favorite lines ever uttered in a film, which is, so you have declared war on a glacier. You have no idea how long I laughed after hearing that line. I had to stop the movie. Meanwhile, back on the glacier, the four military men complete their arming of thousands of individual charges and are evacuated. Back in the family plane, the dad comments that the wings are starting to ice up and that they will have to land soon. But to make matters worse, the plane runs out of gas and they have to do an emergency landing immediately. But apparently this doesn't stop them from being able to fly quite a ways further as they attempt to radio the airport to get clearance to land. Yeah, because I'm sure when a giant glacier is rushing towards the city, the last thing that is of concern is clearance for a plane to land. So as they make their descent, we're given a quick few out-of-the-plane looks at the city below, all glorious snow-covered LA. I mean New York, because that would have been stupid to use a photograph of LA for the shot and pretend that it's New York. <laughs> what was I thinking? They find a landing strip and make their way down to the empty runway. Just before landing, they're suddenly on a head-on collision with a commercial jet taking off that just misses them and flies off into the sky. Boy, when they said that all planes were grounded, they must have just been lying. The family gets out of the crash plane, and moments later, the CG plane explodes behind them for no real reason. The timer on the glacier, yeah, the bombs all have timers that count down, clicks down to zero and detonates, blowing the glacier to pieces and setting the debris flying into downtown. At this moment, the daughter and their boyfriend, who are currently underground with dozens of other people safe and sound in a solid building, decide that they are no longer safe and leave. Seriously, what is wrong with this family? They are not wired correctly. Speaking of which, the family are escorted back to a plane hangar by a random police officer who apparently was patrolling the runway. Odd job, really, but is immediately killed by a random chunk of debris that crushes her. This family is the angel of death for anyone standing calmly five feet away from them. Showing no signs of remorse for the woman who was just killed in front of them, the family find yet another car with keys in the ignition and take off down the road only to find yet another traffic jam, causing the father to tell the son to get on the GPS and find yet another alternate route to the Washington Bridge. Honestly, I'm starting to feel like this movie is just looping on itself. They're stopped by a police officer who points out that they can't go any further because the bridge has been destroyed. The son realizes that there's a way to track and find the daughter by using her phone's GPS as a locator. Again, never mind the previously mentioned grid being down, that was a plot point that was obviously completely pointless. Seeing that she's only four miles away from them, they quickly take off towards her in the car. Within two blocks of her, they drive into another roadblock and decide the best plan of action would be to leave the car behind and set out on foot. Yeah, just go ahead and leave it in the middle of the road. I'm sure the people behind you won't be mad. 
Searching the alleyways, the dad steals a frozen cop's gun and starts firing it into the air in an attempt to find her. She hears it, and they reunite. I won't lie, based upon this family's luck, I was half expecting her to get crushed by something as she rushed towards them. Alas, she doesn't, and they hug and rush back to their parked car. Just as the military arrive to shoot more rockets at the glacier, again, because all of their plans have worked so well up to this point, the family drives out onto the frozen river in an attempt to flee the approaching glacier that has now hit New York and ultimately destroying everything in its path. They're actually driving from New Jersey towards New York. Seems counterproductive. They spot that their only source of safety and rush towards it, the Statue of Liberty. Yes, because if there's anything that will withstand the approaching solid ice blocks, it'll be a structure made out of thin sheets of copper and 100 plus year old support trusses. But with the power of Hollywood, the glacier slows and stops just as it gently nudges into the statue. The family stands up and looks out only to see all the famous New York landmarks sticking out of the frozen snow with no visible destruction. Credits. No, 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 no movie. This film is so terrible in every way humanly possible, but completely lives up to the Asylum brand of quality. Which means it's hilarious at how bad it is. This is one of those films where you will sit down expecting it to be kind of bad, and being your mind just being blown at how terrible it actually is. I know the Asylum movies are bad. I have seen a handful of them. They're the ones that are always coming out right when a big-budgeted uh, special effects movie comes out. They come out with their little like knockoff, rip-off brand. They did it with the Transformers, with their Transmorphers. They did it with, obviously, this was supposed to be a combination of 2012 and The Day After Tomorrow. Uh, obviously, it's called 2012 Ice Age. But they've also done it with uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still. They've done it. They just they do it all the time. So you, you kind of get into your head that these movies are going to be bad. And when I say bad, again, I don't mean like they're just ridiculously terrible and you're not going to enjoy yourself. No, no, you will enjoy yourself because you're going to be laughing at how terrible and how all over the place the plot of this film is. I mean, I honestly did not expect it to be as bad as it ended up being. I figured, okay, it's going to be kind of stupid. There's going to be some bad special effects shots in it, which there is. There is so many bad special effects shots. You can tell this movie is done in a very, very quick pace. That they just did it just to throw it out there and get it done. There's shots where there's supposed to be people, like like when the daughter and the boyfriend are walking out of the, the tunnel, the Lincoln Tunnel into New Jersey, it's supposed to be their point of view as they're walking out of the tunnel, it is obviously a shot that was filmed inside a car because you could see the moisture on the window, like the windshield that the camera was shooting out of. So it's it's stupid little things like that. They obviously just kind of push their way through, film this thing, and get it done with. And it's that sort of stuff that makes it so hilarious to watch. I have a feeling they do that on purpose because all that they're attempting to do by releasing these uh, these movies with with their posters, by the way, like their cover art, amazingly actually well done. Very much so that they spent probably half their film's budget on the cover art because the cover arts are make these films look epic and just ridiculously well done. So whoever their graphic designer is, I give them very very high mad props because they. The cover arts are just awesome. So their whole point of these movies is just to get you to get confused and make you think this is that movie that came out, that big popular movie. And they basically just want you to get stuck on purchasing a film that you think is another one. But 
Having said that, this is on Netflix. It's only rated PG. There really isn't any violence because the acting is so bad. I mean, people do die, and there is one scene in the entire film where people get flash frozen, but the special effects are so terrible, it's it's just laughable. The, uh, the only, like, real blood in the whole film is when the daughter's roommate gets the glass shard in her head, but she, like, walks into the room, shuts the door, cuts to the outside, glass shatters, cut back to the dorm, she opens the door, and then she walks out, and then kind of falls against the wall, but it's so over-the-top acting, it's not even scary. So, it's really, technically, this could be a family film, I guess. There's no swearing in it. There, like I said, there's only very minimal violence. There's no nudity. There's nothing really bad in it. It's just so enjoyable as to how bad it is. I cannot stress that enough. I keep saying it, but it's so incredibly true. So, right now, it is on uh, Netflix. It's also on Amazon Instant Video. Definitely check it out. You will, oh my goodness, you will laugh. You'll laugh in the first five minutes once you see the terrible explosions and special effects that this movie is. Lots of CG, lots of bad CG. Oh, you will, you will definitely, definitely enjoy it. And definitely, um, near in the end, watch for that one shot uh, before they're attempting to land. They're looking for one runway. There is one shot looking out, like like a point of view from the family looking out the windows at the city as they're trying to approach New York, and it is obviously L.A. There's no question about it. That's L.A. They just colored it blue and added fake snow in the front. So watch for that. You will you will laugh when you see that. So that's all for this week's episode of Bottom of the Barrel. I am your host, Jeff Bell. Thank you for listening. Keep listening. Uh, join us again next week for another amazing uh, movie that we find from the depths of Netflix. If you have any suggestions for films that you would like us to review, Please go ahead and drop us a line. What, why do I keep saying that? No one says that. Or contact us on either our YouTube page, our Facebook page, our homepage at ghosthat.net. So thank you, everybody. Have a great week, and I'll see you again next weekend uh, for another exciting episode of Bottom of the Barrel. I don't need to do that voice at the end. It's not Halloween anymore. I need to, like, a sign-off thing. You know? Catch you next week on Bottom of the Barrel. Bottoms out. That's it sound. For more information about this and other programming, visit our official website at www.ghosthat.net.